Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. A new day. A new daily record high temperature for the city of Phoenix. Ron Rolfley, 119, and maybe counting. Oh, boy. Two days in a row. The highest temperature seen in Phoenix since 2017. Now, the good news is there is a slight chance of rain in the extended forecast through the weekend and next week. Chance of rain. Yes. We can guarantee, though, going into the weekend, a look at your five-day forecast will bring Cardinals Training Camp 2023, (laughs) and I've got a mustache to prove it. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, and Ron Wolfley. Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Indeed, Paulie, this is it. I'm really looking forward to this training camp for so many different reasons. But number one, I'm looking for the physicality of this training camp right now. Anytime, Paulie, a new coach comes in, it's never going to be, listen, it's never going to be like it was back in 1985 or 1990. It's never going to be like that. It's never going to be as physical, Paulie. But anytime a new coaching staff comes in, they're going to put you through your paces the first week in particular, maybe the first couple weeks of training camp. I think, Paulie, this is going to be a bloody training camp. All right, before we get to the who and the what and the how and the where, well, the where is State Farm Stadium. Here's the when. First open training camp practice begins Thursday, July 27th. And by the way, you can secure your free Cardinals camp tickets now. Did we say free Cardinals camp tickets at azcardinals.com slash camptix. That's C-A-M-P-T-I-X. Then Saturday, July 29th, back together weekend. The red and white practice is Saturday, August 5th. And in between there... I think is a state holiday. July 31st, <laughs> the first padded practice. I was going to say, Paulie, get to it. Get to it, please. <laughs> we don't need no stinking shorts practice. Yeah, we don't need that, Paulie. We need full pads. And that is going to be July 31st is going to be the first day that we're actually going to hit. Isn't that right, Paulie? No doubt. And you know the new head coach, JG, he is fired up. He's always fired up, much less training camp. But what about the players? Because Jonathan Gannon was asked about that before they went on their final break of the year. I know they're raring to go when they get the training camp schedule, and I've gotten a lot of input from a lot of guys about that, what I wanted to get out of it. And, um, you know, it was, it was cool to hear their thoughts of where we can improve and make sure we're doing a good job getting ready to go week one. And make no mistake, there's a lot he wants to get out of training camp. There are a lot of questions. Hey. There's going to be a lot of competition. What's his famous quote already? Four months on the job quote, everything is a competition. So when it comes to what, 
Where do you start? Wolf, what will you be watching once they start camp? Yeah, Paulie, for me right now, I just have to say this quickly. Every player knows what is at stake right now. This is a very, very competitive roster. It's not like you've got a bunch of guys that you can look at and say, oh, he's on the roster. He's on the I mean, there are certain guys where we're going to say that. Of course, there's no, no doubt about that. But this is going to be a very competitive 53. There's no denying that right now. And because of that, each guy, I guarantee you, is preparing right now mentally, spiritually, and physically for what he's going to have to do to make this team. And I think JG and this coaching staff is going to open it up to everybody and make everything, to your point, Paulie, a competition. You know my saying, just from the outside looking in and being at all the OTAs, your former coach, Bill Belichick, has the famous no days off. (laughs) I'm going with no allegiances. Ooh, New decision makers. New GM, I ran into earlier today, already had his box all packed. He's heading out to training camp, Monty Austinfort, the new head coach, brand new staff. I mean, think about 2015, 2016. Those rosters were set going into camp. Your, Your main objective was don't get hurt. Even last year, how many roster spots were truly open going into that season? But this year, I mean, it's vastly different. I'll just throw out, to me, the position groups with the biggest questions are all on defense, for example. D-line, corner, edge. I mean, you got a couple of guys who I think are locks. We can say that to make the – but after that, I mean, there are a lot of open positions and there are a lot of possibilities when it comes to roster decisions. That's right, Paulie, and I love your no allegiances. I love that because that's exactly right. Jonathan Gannon and his staff are going to be looking at these players and they're going to be like, prove it. What do you got? Yep. Show me what you got. Right now, this is not going to be a talk fest. This is going to be a slug fest. It's going to be show me what you've got physically right now. And anytime you talk about that, Polly, you have to start with the offensive line. And that's where I will start when training camp opens. And look, I don't know if there is as much competition for the starting five as maybe we envisioned when Jonathan Gannon came on board. I mean, I'm thinking it's DJ Humphrey's the left tackle. It's the rookie Paris Johnson Jr. at right tackle. Mm. It's Will Hernandez. He's locked in a right guard. Yelda Froholt until maybe there's a center signed at a later date. He's the guy to beat, and I think he's pretty much set as your starting center. Left guard, wide open. How do you see it? Yeah, you know, that's interesting because I think Calvin Beecham is one of your best five. And because of that, I think they're going to want to try to get their best five onto the field. So it would not surprise me. And I've been talking about this for a long time. Even though the evidence that we've seen in OTAs (laughs) does not back this up, Paulie. For me, I see Paris Johnson Jr. starting as your left guard. I I see Calvin Beecham out as the right tackle right there. I see Paris Johnson Jr. getting in on the left side, and that's where his future really is, in my opinion, at left tackle. Well, you've got an excellent left tackle in D.J. Humphreys right now. So you've got a need at left guard why not go ahead and put Paris Johnson there and let him cut his teeth as a guard and then eventually move out to tackle now again um, that's just me Paulie but the evidence with OTAs right now says that Paris Johnson Jr. is going to be a right tackle now how about a couple other first rounders Zayvon Collins Isaiah Simmons to me these are two guys I'm going to be following I'm going to be watching how are they deploying them what are we going to be able to discern at training camp? How is Zavin taken to the edge? Could he really be a potential starter week one at Washington? 
Isaiah Simmons, if they're going to run what you were talking about, we were talking about recently that, hey, if Kaiser White is locked in as your middle linebacker, could they use an Isaiah Simmons as a hybrid safety slash will linebacker? Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, they could, Paulie. There's no doubt about that. And there's going to be a lot of people that I think will be with you on that following Isaiah Simmons. For me, though, once again, it all starts. This rebuild, this foundation that they're tearing up in, in they're building all over again, is going to start on the line of scrimmage, on the offensive side of the ball. And because of that, I want to see what schemes they run, Paulie. What kind of protections do they run? How many power schemes are being run right now? Are they training with the power schemes? How many power schemes are going to be run July 31st? Because that, if, if you're going to make that a point of emphasis, if you're going to say, man, we're going to, we're going to line up and we're going to slug people in the face, you're going to come out and on July 31st, you're going to make it a point to run a ton of power schemes and get everyone's attention as to what it is you're going to do. You're going to make that um, something that is of import right from the first day of training camp. Between the Big Red Rage and the Wolf and Luke show, I've been scoring at home. Cole McCoy, James Conner, DJ Humphreys, Will Hernandez have all come on and made the proclamation that Cardinals will most definitely run the ball, not only straight ahead, but with a much greater frequency. Even Jonathan Gannon made those comments to Peter King right after he was hired that Kyla Murray is going to be under center a lot more. Let's go. So how different is it going to look? Well, we'll talk about that, especially with Kyler when we come back. Once again, training camp, first open practice, July 27th. That's next Thursday, azcardinals.com slash camptix, C-A-M-P-T-I-X. We continue with a Big Red Rage. And on an injured Cardinal, it's Kyler who went down very awkwardly that time as he tried to cut. Oh, no. Non-contact. He cut right then tried to cut left and just buckled and there was a patriot player right there who called to the cardinal sideline to bring on the training staff you know i got better every year and then to take like a you know hit a hit a wall year four especially after going through the whole contract thing like i got covid in camp i hurt my wrist in camp so i missed a lot of those reps and then trying to play catch up during the season it was just kind of like a compilation of things going on I think winning cures all, and it's been tough to do that with some of the circumstances that we had to deal with, but I think we're heading in the right direction. Some compelling, gripping content. That's Cardinals flight plan, Emmy award winning. I tell you, in this record heat, here's a pro tip. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Check out the latest flight plan. There's a reason that quarterback on Netflix is the number one trending show. And I'll tell you, This episode featuring Kyler, all access, an aspect not only of Kyler and his rehab, but just Kyler unplugged in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. We've seen him in a different light. He's talking about different topics. We get insight into the franchise quarterback in so many different ways we had yet to see or hear that it's just great stuff. Welcome back into the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. That was definitely a memorable moment there. Wolf talking about hitting a wall last year. He'd gotten better every single year. Rookie of the year, two Pro Bowls. What else stood out to you when you watched Flight Plan? 
Yeah, first of all, Paul, I just want to talk about Kyler Murray and how candid he was. That, to me, really got my attention right there. I love that because you know me, Paulie. If you want to get better, and Kyler Murray needs to get better, and he'll be the first one to tell you that, every pro out there needs to get better. And if you need to get better, Paulie, you got to tell the truth. you got to tell the truth about where you need to get better. And as I listened to Kyler in regard to the flight plan and the cuts on flight plan, that was my biggest takeaway. He was telling the truth about himself, and he wasn't always painting this rosy image. He's got to get better. He's got to get better as a leader. He knows he's got to impact um, his teammates and how you impact your teammates and how you go about doing that. You can't just be super harsh all the time. You've got to sometimes be soft. you got to pick the person to deal with right there. The one thing you got to do more than anything else, Paulie, is be consistent as a leader. And I think Kyler Murray understands that, and I was really encouraged because when you talk about a franchise quarterback, I am, I am sold on the fact that You need your franchise quarterback to lead your team, not just your offense, to lead your team. Remember what Jonathan Gannon said right after taking the job, quote, if Kyler isn't here, I don't take the job. Yeah. So, and you're right. You saw Kyler in a self-deprecating way, sort of poking fun at himself, right? He loves to shop. Then he said, quote, you know, maybe I need to slow that down a little bit. Uh, he talks about how the world might think he's a professional video game player. He said, quote, definitely not the case. So he was self-deprecating, and I think he showed some self-awareness that comes with four years in the league, and he talked about that. I've grown a lot off the field and on the field, whether, you know, trying to show people that now, but, yeah, I'm I'm wiser, you know, um, emotionally, you know, learning how to, you know, be one with the emotions understanding, you know, how to talk to certain people. Some people may be able to take the harsh way, which I'm naturally that way. Or do I have to soften it up and, you know, give them, the, give them a little love? When he says that, Wolf, I, I think of a Kurt Warner, I think of a Carson Palmer. They were excellent at knowing how they could talk to each different guy on the offense. Everybody yeah. on the sideline, they treated maybe a little bit differently, and they were experts at that. To what degree do you think that's the next step for Kyler as a franchise cue? Oh, Paulie, it's huge. It really is. It's one thing to intellectually understand things, and Kyler needs to do that. He needs to take a next step intellectually to understand the the old schemes and blend them with the new schemes and be able to execute all of them. He needs to take that next step. But, Paulie, there's no doubt about it, man. When you start talking about your your – your leadership skills in the way they impact everyone else around you. I can tell you from experience right now, that's where he needs to grow and I think grow the most. And I'm really encouraged that he's willing to address this and talk about getting better in regard to doing this. Paul, I, I, I was one of these guys, I, I know exactly what he's talking about. I was the harsh guy <laughs> too, okay, because I was out of my mind when I was playing. I was absolutely out of my mind. And because of that, it was so harsh to guys on the field and they were harsh to me and I responded to that I liked that I enjoyed the truth I enjoyed the the um intensity of that and Kyler has got to improve in how he communicates with everybody else to get him to be better and this is a huge step for him going forward he was just asked about the change 
in head coach, the change in the system, the change in the culture, just everything that has happened this offseason. Here was Kyler Murray on flight plan. I feel free in a sense, you know, especially with the change of upstairs in the organization. I feel like, you know, they've done a great job ever since they came in, uh, holding people accountable, the leadership. Uh, they're really trying to build something from the ground up. So the offense, the, the ins and outs of it, the way we're going, I feel like personally, like, you know, the sky's the limit. Now, are we going to get a timetable? Are we going to get a target date on his return? Not likely. And it's uncertain, I think, unknown. Now, he stated his goal is week one. Okay, is that realistic? Remember, he's coming off a torn ACL. He's coming off the meniscus damage from that game in early December against New England. So, okay, what's a realistic timetable? No one knows. Here's what we do know, Ron Wolfley. His cap number this year is $16 million. Yeah. His cap number next year is $52 million. Oh, He needs to get on the field. They need to see him. They need yeah. to see him in this offense. They need to make progress to some degree of some sort this season. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear him talk about accountability too, Paulie, and the way J.G. and his coaches are stressing that accountability, Paul. That's where discipline starts. Never forget that, Paulie. That's where it starts, accountability. And anytime you talk about accountability, you are talking about telling the truth as you know it. Yes, it is subjective. You're telling the truth as you know it about somebody else and how they're doing their business, about how Kyler's doing his, whatever it is. You've got to tell the truth, and that's what accountability is all about because you need your franchise quarterback to hold himself to a standard, Paul. You've heard me talk about this many times, to hold himself to a standard. He's not going to hold anyone else to. And once that happens, and once his teammates see that he'll do that, that he'll be accountable above all else and and hold himself to a standard, now all of a sudden they'll take that harsh critique from Kyler Murray. All right, so what did you make of his quote in Darren Urban's story on azcardinals.com where Kyler said, quote, I'm going to listen, I'm going to be coachable, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. But if this bleep ain't working, at some point, we all have to look in the mirror. First of all, it's the obvious. It is. There's there's no doubt about it. Any coach would tell you that with any quarterback, with anybody that is new to a team and you're going to go out and run different schemes, everybody knows that's it. If it's not working, you're going to have to try something else. Yeah, everybody understands that. I, I don't know if Kyler was actually talking about the old regime, talking about the old offense, Paulie, or this offense. If he's talking about this offense here with Drew Petzing, of course, and J.G., I hope he wasn't because, to me, I don't want him to set himself up for any kind of failure. What the Arizona Cardinals need from Kyler Murray is to buy in 100% to what Drew Petzing and J.G. want to do, Monty Austin for what they want to do. He needs to buy in 100%, Paulie. My thought when I heard that was 2021, second half of that season where they started 7-0, 10-2. Okay, so you did think the old regime. I thought 2021, where we talked about adjust to the adjustment, that defenses had definitely adjusted, had the Cardinals offense. But I don't know. No one knows. I do know this, talking about this offense. Don't forget what Jonathan Gannon told Peter King. He said, and I quote, we're not going to put him in the gun all the time, I'll tell you that. <laughs> And he said that's how you open up Kyler Murray is you don't make the defense depend – you make them defend all play types. Yes. Not just those in the gun. 
So, you need to be, Paulie, whatever you need to be in order to beat your opponent. By the way, Season 6, Episode 5 of Cardinals Flight Plan available now on the Cardinals' YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash azcardinals. We continue with a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Let's go, baby. That's launch today, baby. That's launch. There we go. Is this robber? Is this double-double? Is this quarters? What is it? Yeah. Get open and catch it. Job description is pretty easy. Get on it. Get on it. Right there. Take it back. There you go, Isaiah. Good ball. Good ball, Colt. There we go. Good footwork. Good footwork. I see you. I see you. Let's go. Let's go. In and out of huddle. Let's go, Colt. Let's go, Colt. Come on, run now. Let's go. Let's go, baby. No balls on the ground. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's compete. Let's go. Let's compete. Let's go. Rush. Rush. You're going to be late, dude. You got to go. Run, psycho. Run. We need touchdowns down here. We need touchdowns. 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 That's good, isn't it? Yeah, Colt. You haven't seen that in 17 years, baby. Woo! Got him! Got him! Oh, good ball. Touchdown. Good ball. Good luck trying to match the energy of the head coach, J.G. Wow. Another great reason to go to azcardinals.com or the YouTube page, youtube.com slash azcardinals. Jonathan gannon Wired at one of the mandatory minicamp practices. Just a reaction to that. Well, the guy who played 10 years in the league, you know, we posed the question to Rob Fredrickson a couple weeks ago here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, and it's the proverbial question, do teams take on the identity of the head coach? And his response was teams most definitely take on the culture set by the head coach. Yeah, Polly, and the culture for the Arizona Cardinals in training camp is going to include a lot of yelling. <laughs> this is the one of the things that I, again, I, I love it. Just watching some OTA practices, of course, and yes, I was standing at a distance, but still uh, to hear some of the elevated voices on the field from some of the coaches, to me, that is music. It's music to my ears. It's what this team needs is discipline and accountability, and you need to speak it. And J.G. obviously is a guy that likes to speak it, likes to yell. I am interested in what he meant to Colt McCoy when he said, you haven't seen that in 17 years. Okay, well, what was that? What was he talking about right there? That's got my interest, Paul. All right, so as we go into training camp powered by Cox, starts next week, get your free Cardinals camp tickets now, azcardinals.com slash camp ticks. That's C-A-M-P-T-I-X. There are those relationships that are formed in a training camp. Of course, Kyler Murray has a leg up on a lot of guys because both Jonathan Gannon and a lot of members of this Cardinals staff went out to Norman, Oklahoma for his statue unveiling, right, <laughs> after he won the Heisman and – so they went ahead and unveiled that statue, and there was J.G. and company, and Kyler Murray was talking about that relationship with his new head coach. It's been seamless. You know what I mean? J.G. hit it off. You know, he sees things the way I see things. You know, he can relate to the guys, and he, you know, genuinely feels like he believes in the guys and is trying to get the guys better, me better. I feel like, you know, you run through a wall for that type of guy, and, and that's the type of energy that he brings. So, look, once again, he's made it clear, Jonathan Gannon. He doesn't take the job if Kyler Murray isn't the yeah. franchise quarterback. So now the key is, okay, how do you maximize that skill set? Uh, how do you have an offense that really utilizes a Kyler Murray, one of those very unique players in the league? Because he also talked to Lent Jonathan Gannon when he took the job about how that's what made defending the Cardinals so tough. As a defensive coordinator with the Eagles, 
He said, you know what, that's what handcuffs you as a defensive coordinator, keeps you up during the week. And, and in order to do that, I'm just curious, well, how different can the offense look with Colt McCoy running it versus, and, versus Kyler Murray and where that might be tracking through camp? Yeah, Paulie, any time that Kyler Murray is that quarterback, you, you have to worry about his legs. You just have to worry about that, not just in terms of pulling the ball down and running, not just in terms of a zone read being run out on the field, not just that way, Paulie, but also just moving out outside of the pocket. And this is one of the big things they've got to do with Kyler. they got to get him on the move outside of the pocket. And that's going to be one of the reasons why I'm very interested to see what they do with the tackle zone and the bootlegs and the waggles that come off of it. That, to me, is going to be a big part of what they do. And, you know, Paulie, um, Kyler Murray and J.G., they they don't need to be super tight. They really don't. I hope J.G. is one of the things I loved about him is he was a defensive-minded head coach. So it's not like they're going to be in deep down in the weeds with the offensive scheme for the most part. It's going to be more on the superficial level with J.G. and the development emotionally and spiritually with Kyler Murray. And I love that. And I think that's the best way to proceed. And you know what? It's interesting because Larry Fitzgerald was on 12 News, was asked by Cam Cox just about what he's been hearing about Kyler Murray. Larry was there at the very beginning, and now as Kyler enters year number five, here's what Fitz had to say. And I've heard positive things from from teammates that he's, you know, he's really taken an active role in building strong relationships. You know, those are things that I saw that really, you know, ingratiated like Kurt Warner and, and Carson Palmer. Like they were doing things to really build the relationships with their teammates. And those that goes a long way because when you're on the football field and he asks you to do something, you know, it's coming from a good place. And that's only built and developed, you know, when you open yourself up to people. Um, and, and I hear he's doing more of that. And that really made me happy. And you know what? We saw it last year with hard knocks around the second half of last season. There was Kyler. Every Thursday night, I believe it was, with the offensive lineman dinner, he was hanging out with the guys. So, you know, there's an existing relationship. There's also a lot of new names and faces. Yeah. And so, you know, he has to build that sort of rapport, especially with offensive linemen. In fact, DJ Humphreys, when he met the media right before going on the summer break, I mean, these two go back all four years of Kyler's career. But even DJ said, as they've rehabbed together, the following. I feel like I've been learning a lot about Kyler because we've been in the training room a lot, you know what I mean? So it's like off-season training is the real work. Off-season training is really like how much do you care about football? How often are you going to come in here? How long are you? That's like that's really this is when you build that callus for real. So that's been I got to really like I feel like I've gotten to know him more this off-season from just being around him and seeing him attack this rehab like this. It's been impressive. Yeah, you know, and once again, when you're around your teammates and you get to know them a lot better, they can see that you actually care for them. And, you know, Polly, you don't play the game of football so your teammate will care for you. Okay, Paul, let me understand that. You know, this is, this is something that you know me. It, it, go do your job. Go do your job. But it certainly does help if a player will believe that you actually got his best interest at heart right now. And that's why Kyler, when he deals with his teammates, he, he can be harsh, as I said earlier. He can be soft as well, as I said earlier. But more than anything else, Paul, he's got to be sincere. He's got to. And, and if you're going to be a little in somebody's face, keep it private. You, you have to do it with a little tack, Paulie. Keep it private. Remember, too, 
that Kurt Warner, and you talk about accountability, and we were talking a little bit about that earlier, but Kurt Warner was famous for saying, it's always the quarterback's fault. Always. And that, to me, is something that Kyler Murray needs to learn as well. Even when it wasn't Kurt's fault. Correct. He would take the blame. Correct. Which was remarkable. And you know what? It just garnered him more respect. Yes. In that locker room. What we saw the clip in flight plan where he came up on Josh Jones, and I remember that vividly on the sideline. Josh Jones had been struggling a little bit with some pre-snap penalties. And Kyler didn't make it two-pointed, but he came up on him. He looked him right in the eye. And just wanted to do sort of a wellness check. Are you good? Are we straight here? You know, are are you getting your mind right? Because look, you know, Wolf, there are the things. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And and there's those things you can control. You can control your effort. You can control your attention to detail. And let's not mince words. Last year, the Cardinals had the most pre-snap penalties in the NFL. Yes, that's correctable. And that can come down to the winning behavior that Jonathan Gannon talks about. That can come down to this sort of, um, shall we say, accountability. My favorite question, you know, the last couple months of the uh, offseason was asking players, so has Jonathan Gannon held you accountable yet? Every one of them said yes, whether it was in a team meeting, it was out in a walkthrough, it was in a practice. So I think it's that constant expectation yes. that sets the standard. I would also say it's interesting to use the word expectation. I will use the word demand. Demand that you do your job. <laughs> this, yep. is, this is really powerful stuff, Paulie. When you've got a Bill Belichick who, who doesn't yell, he, he rarely raises his voice. The no days off. That was the most I ever heard him yell. The highest pitch I've ever heard him yell when he was yelling that right now. But to me, he didn't have to yell. Because everyone knew you were either going to do your job, and if you didn't do your job, you were going to be gone. And everyone knew what the standard was with him. And it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts the Arizona Cardinals going forward as a coaching staff. You know, former former Cardinals quarterback Drew Stanton, 13 years in the league. Yes. He said on a recent episode of the Red Sea Report, why do all these hot young coordinators fail as head coaches? Because they're not leaders of men. Mm -hmm. It's no longer about the X's and O's when you're a head coach. Most of the time, it's about are you a leader of that locker room? And when Zayvon Collins told the media in the offseason that players feel the pressure, quote, and it's a good thing, end quote, I thought that was revealing. Yeah. He's... You know, when Zayvon Collins gets admonished on the first team meeting because he's eating breakfast, (laughs) comes walking in with his bowl of eggs as he told it, and the head coach says, thou shalt not multitask because if you're (laughs) devoting any attention to your breakfast, that means you're detracting attention from the task at hand. Yeah, that no, you're exactly right, and this is what you need to do if you want to build discipline. That is part of your culture. That is the DNA of your culture is what kind of discipline – what, what kind of discipline do you have inside that locker room right now? And I like, I like the fact, Paulie, that you're, you're characterizing this training camp as no allegiance. <laughs> okay, I like that, Paul, because that's the mentality going forward, and every guy in that locker room knows it. You know, I also have a season slogan of sorts, and it may or may oh, not no. play out. A 2023 dip for a 2024 rip. (laughs) 
Okay, Paul. And I say that because, you know what? There might be an eye on next year and the year after when they formulate this year's roster. We'll get into that next. Single-game tickets are on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. We continue with a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Great read by Colt McCoy. Gorgeous toss by Colt McCoy. Oh, that is a greasy throw by Colt McCoy right there. Spin that pig, Colt. He's got that aura about him, you know, that, that confidence. He just... You know, he knows what the defense is doing. He knows what everybody else is supposed to be doing. So, it's a great job. I love having him. You know, I love having him around. He's a great dude. You know, despite him being a longhorn, he's a great dude. <laughs> there you go, a little Texas trash talk in there. I mean, seriously, like the whole QB room has Texas roots just about. By the way, Ron Wolfley, next time we run into Cole McCoy, and that was Kyler Murray talking about his fellow quarterback, what exactly is a greasy pass? Well, Paul, I would say if you've got covered two, by way of example, and maybe you line a guy up in the slot and he runs a seven route, which is a corner route, and you get a corner that that doesn't come that doesn't suck up but carries the fade as we like to say suddenly you've got a corner and a safety over the top and if you can throw that ball perfectly and allow a guy to make that catch in between the safety and the corner that's a greasy throw for the most part it's good i like that i like that how how do you think this offense will look and is that too broad a question because you know we're in the final segment here on the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford we could probably talk about this and you could probably grease it up on the whiteboard but how different do you think this thing is going to look especially if colt mccoy is your week one starter yeah, Paulie, that is the big question going into training camp once again. It's one of the reasons why we started this show by talking about that very thing. I, I don't know what to expect, but I hope to find out. And just going with the offensive line from day one, that first individual period, just going with the offensive line and seeing what is being taught, that to me is going to tell me an awful lot. And then, of course, it extends to team and it extends outside of that. That, of course, nine on seven. It's it's a constant process, but you have to start on day one if you want to emphasize something, and that's why I'm hoping we see some power schemes. Power schemes, Polly, are are down blocks and then pulling the uncovered linemen and kicking out their old school schemes. They're very very physical, and you need guys like Will Hernandez, by way of example, to to run a power scheme. D.J. Humphreys to run a power scheme. You need these guys, Paris Johnson Jr., to be able to come off the ball and run these power schemes because you're going to run the zone. We all know you're going to run the zone schemes. Everybody in the league runs the zone schemes. What I want to see is how much of the power we're going to run because that, to me, really gets the attention of a front seven. And then, Paulie, you can use play action off of that front seven. You can use play action to throw the ball down the field. And, Paul, let me just say this right now. The Arizona Cardinals were number 32 in yards per play, passing yards per play, Mm. number 32 in the league, dead last in the league. They didn't throw the ball down the field, as you well know, and this is where they need to improve the most. The best way to do that, attack the line of scrimmage, suck up the second level, and throw the ball down the field. And from all accounts, they're going to be throwing the ball to the tight end a lot more. Here's Cole McCoy talking to the media just on the offense and what might lie ahead. We stayed in like 
10 personnel and 11 personnel a lot, right, with Cliff, and that was sort of our identity. I think here we'll implement more two tight end sets and, you know, running the football and having more, like, checks and alerts and things like that that will, that will get James going, hopefully get him in the right looks. And the offensive line has, has done a tremendous job this offseason. I think that's been the, the best part of everything is, is Clayton has got those guys, you know, dialed into, you know, what we're doing, who, who we're blocking, different fronts. Yeah, I agree. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I think the offensive line is going to exceed the national expectations hmm. this year on this team. We'll see about that. But I think they're enthused about having the quarterback under center because it opens up so much more. Yes. I think they're fired up about the scheme. You mentioned the power. You asked Will Hernandez about that. He smiled a very broad smile, did he not, <laughs> when he brought that up? With, yes. with, with the mauling guard who's going to be your starter yes. right guard. And don't forget – a year ago, according to Next Gen Stats, Kyler Murray led all quarterbacks in shotgun percentage. And when when you had Jonathan Gannon talk to Peter King right after he was hired, and before Drew Petzing jokingly, yep. half-jokingly, admonished Jonathan Gannon for being so open with Peter King, right? Those two were kind of going back and forth. Yes. He's giving him a hard time. Jonathan Gannon said, just to revisit what I mentioned earlier, that, quote, the offense is going to look much different. Uh, we can take Kyler to another level, unleash his full skill set. We're going. Yep. The key is putting Kyler more under center, end quote. Yeah, Paulie, and it really is. And, again, what it does, when you take a quarterback and you put him under center, you've heard me talk about this before, but it is the truth, and you can't, you can't say it enough. It tells every offensive lineman up there, we believe in you. Now go do your job. Go, go block your guy. We believe in you because everyone knows what you're going to do for the most part when you put somebody under center. You're going to, you're going to run a lot of that north-south stuff. You're going to run the tackle zone. You're going to go ahead and run it. You're going to use play action. That's what you're going to do. The problem is now you've got to defend it because your eyes will betray you. And that's the problem. It, it, it has been around since the beginning of the game of football. Your eyes will betray you. And because of that, you've almost got to guess. A team that runs great play action, a team that runs the ball very well and uses great play action, their offensive line comes off the ball low. They keep their head down low, even though you're throwing the ball. An offensive line that is like that is so important because it impacts that defense and they've almost got a guess did he hand the ball off or did he not and that's the power of that play paulie in fact i'm looking at the rest of the quote jonathan gannon went on to tell peter king quote we'll have two significant offenses with kyler's skill set one being under center one being in the gun the way to take pressure off the quarterback (laughs) in the o-line is to put him under center at times in fact speaking of the o-line here's dj humphreys on what he likes about Drew Petzing and the scheme that he's been installing. I like Drew a lot. Drew's a really good communicator in, in, in getting stuff across that he wants to get done and how he wants us to be. So I, I'm a big fan of Drew, his, his personality and how he is with, with getting guys to understand stuff and, and, and making sure that we're all on the same page and kind of taking and making an emphasis to make sure we hone in on all the small details. And, and look, Colt McCoy shared with the media, it's different. It's very different. And you know, it's new for everyone. Colt McCoy yeah. has run a version of this scheme at times in his career. He's been with so many different teams, and he's been in the league so long. But Colt said even he has been prone to a lot of mistakes during the offseason. So this Cardinals camp coming straight ahead is going to be critical when you're putting in a brand-new system. 
Yeah, one of the things that I thought was really interesting as well was, remember, Drew Petzing actually got after J.G. for yep. telling him yes. what it was what they were going to do. He actually got after J.G. on that. And, you know, I, I, I hope that is what they're going to do, Paulie. I really do hope we're going to see the Cleveland Brown offense in rundown situation. We're going to see a lot of it. It's not like they never go shotgun. They do. It's not like they never go pistol. They do. But a lot of the time in rundown situation, first and 10, second and one to six, they're going to line up and they're going to try to run the ball. And to your point, I, I think the offensive line is actually going to be better than what most people think. I'm with you on that, Paul. I think you're right on that. And because of it, I hope they give them the opportunity to prove it. Yeah. And look, I told you earlier, if you're looking for a fantasy football sleeper, James Conner. Yeah. He's going to get a lot yeah. of touches. He's going to yep. get a lot of opportunities to get in the end zone. There's a lot of, uh, shall we say, a lack of clarity behind James Conner on the depth chart. I think he's going to be a workhorse running back, and they're going to emphasize the run game, especially until Kyler gets back. Yeah, Paul, you've got a lot of athletes in the box right now because of the proliferation of the spread offense in the National Football League. You got a lot of guys that are light. You got three techniques that are 289 pounds. Now, okay, Aaron Donald, <laughs> he's the best player ever to play. But you got a lot of athletes in that box, and I've been telling you about this, Paul. You know what? Not all of them are football players, a lot of them are athletes. They were, they were in the box because now all of a sudden their athletic skill allowed them to work against the spread. To me, you got to find out who those guys are, and you got to get them into a fist fight. And look, we know how D.J. Humphreys reveres going after the run game, straight ahead, coming off the ball. Yes. That's Will Hernandez's game, right? What did he tell you? He's weighing like 350-plus, <laughs> right? Okay. He said he was going to get it down, though. Probably. Right. Yelda Froholt, the starting center, we think, at least as of right now, that he's old school. He's like all he does yeah. all these strong man lifting type, you know, techniques and so forth. They, that would seem to be well suited, Wolf, if they're gonna come off the ball. Especially they added to Zach Pascal, a blocking receiver. I mean, they, yes. they have some of the personnel now. They they added some blocking tight ends. They signed two undrafted rookie tight ends. One guy was a former offensive lineman who had, like, one career catch in college. Right. So, yes, I can see them mucking it up this year and getting down and dirty in the trenches offensively. No doubt about it, especially to your point, when you got a guy like James Conner. Are you kidding me? Line him up, put his toes at seven, and let him attack the line of scrimmage. Let him do that because that's going to suck up that second level. He runs the ball very well in between tackles. But this is going to be dogma, Paul. This is going to be belief. And that's why what, what the Arizona Cardinals run on day one of training camp, to me, is what they're really trying to emphasize. So what will that be, and what will that look like? I can't wait, Paul. And to come full circle on this conversation, we started with quarterback Kyler Murray, Cole McCoy. I'll just throw out there Clayton Toon. He's going to be given every opportunity in Cardinals camp from what we can tell. The round five pick, 44 starts over five seasons at Houston, had the best passing grade in college football last year, according to Pro Football Focus, the highest on-target percentage, according to Pro Football Focus. And, you know, at least for me, Wolf, that's something I'm going to be following on day one in that first week because nothing gets us through the preseason than a backup quarterback controversy, okay? (laughs) We need the backup quarterback competition, and Clayton Toon's going to be integral to that. 
Yeah, Polly, I was talking about that earlier with you, of course. Just the storylines. Kyler Murray's health, of course. Buddha's contract. The culture construct. In other words, what's going on? How are they going to build this culture offensively, defensively, and in transition as well? And then my fourth storyline, fourth storyline, was Clayton Toon. (laughs) Will they actually give him an opportunity, knowing what they have fully, in Colt McCoy, will they give Clayton Toon an opportunity to compete for that spot? And I'll tell you what, if you're looking at some of the other rookies, take a long look at the receiver out of Stanford, the round three pick, Michael yes. Wilson. Wow, did he flash. A lot of guys really raved about him in the offseason. We didn't see much of B.J. Ojolari. We didn't see Garrett Williams, the second and third round picks there. But I tell you, some of the day three picks – Dante Stills, your guy, the D lineman out of West Virginia, he got a lot of props and praise from the defensive coaches through all the drills. Keetrell Clark, uh, he was a standout with the corners. They need cornerbacks, there's no question. So we'll see. I've called it the land of opportunity. Yeah. If you're a young guy or unproven guy. No doubt about it, Polly. But now all of a sudden it doesn't matter what you've done to this point. You're going to put that mouth guard in, and you're going to bloody up the knuckles. Let's go training camp powered by cox first open training camp practice thursday july 27th one week from today azcardinals.com slash camp ticks c-a-m-p-t-i-x for your free cardinal camp tickets you can get them right now special thanks as always executive producer jim omohundro associate producer cody fincher welcome cody oh bear technical director mitch veraldis for ron wolfley on paul calvisi this has been the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.